0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: On the 9th of March at 8pm, the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, together with the base, will be hosting Professor Wolf Gruner in a webinar that looks at the topic of Forgotten Acts of Individual Jewish Resistance in Nazi Germany. Professor Gruner holds the Sheffield-Girin Chair in Jewish Study and is Professor of History at the University of Southern California, Los Angeles. Professor Gruner, welcome and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Professor Gruner, we are 76 years since the liberation of Auschwitz. How much new material about the Holocaust is coming out?
0: Yeah that's a good question because uh, normally everybody thinks uh after so many decades uh of intensive uh, scrutiny and research and trials and uh whatever you have uh, there's nothing new to discover and that's kind of a really wrong uh perception because first of all every generation has new questions there's new material to, uh, coming out uh archives are, which were kind of closed are opened uh and so uh, and so there are every time we discover something new, we get more into details, and this comes also. The more you research, the more new questions evolve, and so there is no end in sight, and that's actually exciting. In a kind of if one can say this, but for a researcher, that's uh, uh, something to look forward.
1: Well, there kind of like six million stories that need to be told because each person, individual had their own story and had their own history, but. A lot of what we know, or well, let me ask you this, to what extent to what we know is oral history and memory? And what extent is it archival material?
0: Uh, if you refer to the topic I will talk about, uh, it's actually started with archival material nobody has looked at because there, were, there was also a kind of a misconception that when you want to uh, tell stories of this, of Uh, the victims or the the Jews, the persecuted Jews, then you have to use a Jewish kind of uh, testimonies or uh, statements. Um, What I did is uh, by coincidence, I discovered traces of individual Jewish resistance in police records. Uh, uh, local police records nobody has looked at before, which makes sense because these Jews who kind of protested in public were arrested, and that's how, they, uh, how there is a trace in the archive. However, uh, later on, I tried to, uh, to kind of complement my extensive archival research, which I did in various cities in Germany and Vienna, uh, also with uh, kind of uh, the scrutiny of uh, written testimonies, and specifically the video uh, interviews of the USC Shore Foundation. And interestingly, lo- a lot of what the testimonies um, uh, tell us, the stories the survivors tell, confirm what is in the archive, but they also kind of give us new insights which are not in the archive.
1: So it's a combination of both. I mean, you, you speak about the fact that you went to the police, and in a way it sounds now that you've done it, and <laughs> we're the first to do it, it seems so obvious but nobody had done it before. Have these records always been available, or have they only been made available now, like some archival materials?
0: They were always available, but our perspectives changed over time. So not, uh, kind of three decades ago, uh, we would look at uh, more central records of the government. Right. More the Nazi leadership when we looked at perpetrators, for example. And during the last decade, it's much more that we look at kind of micro history. That means local history. And this is where I started. I did a lot of local comparisons. How did persecution on the ground develop and how did it impact the Jewish population? And that's how I came to these local police records.
1: And then up to what extent is language then? I mean, obviously, you I'm assuming you born in Germany. That's right. Um, really. Um, to what extent, then, is research that has been done around the world and up and through Holocaust centers, to what extent is Germany then the custodian of so much information that hasn't been researched and possibly because of the language?
0: Um, n- Today, uh, most uh, kind of uh, researchers uh, are um, capable of the language they need. That's kind of also different from, let's say, for, uh, 40 years ago, where um, it, uh, um, researchers in the West barely spoke uh, Polish, for example, uh, or Yiddish. Today, every kind of PhD candidate learns German and other languages they need, uh, depending on the topics they want to kind of explore. So that's languages are not the problem. And then there are these big archival efforts like from the Holocaust Museum and Yad Vashem. They copied tons of materials from Germany. So you can actually study these materials in in D.C. uh, uh, almost in the same manner as you would do this in Germany. I think this, what I've uh, discovered, is the uh, um, result of 30 years of really intensive um, work on the ground in local archives. And this is kind of a little bit more rare.
1: Okay, let's look at the topic that you will be talking about. And just to remind everybody, the date is the 9th of March. It's from 8 till 9 p.m. It's online, but booking is essential. Um, Professor, you'll be talking on the topic of forgotten acts of individual Jewish resistance. Um, is this the, the is this what you found in the German police
0: records? Yes, this was the first trace I found in these uh, police logbooks from Berlin police precincts. And I was looking for traces of persecution more in general. Uh, And then suddenly I found these uh, police officer notes about the arrest of Jews who protested against the persecution. And I never heard about this. And at the time, I had already done 20 years of intensive Holocaust research. So this was very uh, striking to me. And so I I started digging more and more. I used also court records. Um, And what I found is first, uh, kind of the first avenue was that um, I saw that individual Jews, women and men, young and old, uh, uh, spoke up in public against the persecution or against the Nazi uh, leadership in general. So this was uh, something I never heard. I, it was not kind of uh, to discover in, in the standard works. And from there, I kind of broadened up, um, not only that I went to other cities, but also I found that there was um, kind of neglecting of laws or circumventing of laws. There was physical self-defense. So there is a broad range of individual acts of defiance and uh, resistance which um, we have to take into account when we talk the story of the Holocaust in Nazi Germany.
1: To what extent uh, was this resistance um, planned, or to what extent was it individuals taking upon themselves?
0: So that's exactly how kind of I actually uh, uh, started my research, because I realized that we have to change our perspective. Our old understanding was, or the traditional understanding was, resistance is always organized, it's a group effort, and it has to be armed. In the best case scenario. But then we, we end up with very rare cases of some uprisings. But when you look at um, uh, resistance on an individual basis, unorganized, kind of done as an individual act. Uh, then uh, the whole picture changes dramatically. And you see suddenly that almost every Jew, in some way or the other, uh, defied the Nazi regime. They mm-hmm. evaded uh, kind of rules. Um, they sometimes more actively kind of uh, defied. Uh, they destroyed Nazi propaganda. So when you start looking, uh, you find it. And for from, from most of the listeners, it would be obvious. It, uh, everybody has heard that Jews uh, kind of um, covered their uh, yellow star, for example, or took it off. That's one of the many, many acts of defiance because they went to jail for this. When they were discovered, they were arrested. So that's kind of everything. These small acts, they were punished pretty harshly by the Nazis.
1: Professor Gruner, you're going to be discussing this, obviously, at the webinar. So I'm I'm going to leave that discussion for uh, for those that would like to hear more. I think my final question to you is to what extent – do you feel, as a researcher of the Holocaust, do you get traumatized? And how do you deal with that?
0: Oh, that's a good question. So very early on, uh, when I decided to take this on as a a mission for my life. uh, And this is actually the reason why I uh, even studied history. I was an artist and I was not uh, kind of bound to study history. But when I kind of uh, um, made this my mission, I also kind of, in a way, uh, made two decisions. One was I didn't wanna research the killings themselves. Um, I wanted to find out the prehistory of the killings. And that's what I focused on, the persecution, the discrimination. Um, and, uh, and the second uh, decision was that I tried to uh, uh, look at these gruesome things and these crimes in a way like a surgeon looks at um, uh, at the operating table, you need to abstract from the human; otherwise, it is really traumatizing. And so, I think I perceive myself a little bit like a doctor who is kind of uh, analyzing the past in a way. So, uh, but it's uh, it was very hard when I, when I got my kids, when when my my children were born, I could not stand uh, stories about children. And uh, now it's getting better. They are, they are now kind of uh, almost adults now. But it took years, I, I have to say.
1: You said when you made it your life mission to, to study this, why, why your life mission? Why did you choose uh, this?
0: This is kind of a personal, um, uh, uh, story because, uh, I grew up in East in communist Germany. And, um, I, my first love was, um, half Vietnamese, half German. And with her, I experienced a lot of, uh, daily racism by East Germans towards her. And, uh, I started kind of, um, uh, reading about racism, where is this coming from? And m- much of the explanations, where there needs to be a state-sponsored ideology. But East Germany was the contra- uh, kind of the contrary. Therefore, all uh, workers are e- uh, kind of united, um, everybody is equal. So how then comes that people on the ground are extremely racist towards foreigners or also, um, uh, or anti-Semitic? So that's when I decided, uh, since the books couldn't tell me, uh, I need to study this myself to uh, to really kind of tackle this uh, really really substantial question,
1: Professor Gruner. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you would like to hear Professor Gruner's talk, he will he is being hosted by the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Centre and the base, and his talk is entitled "Defiance and Protest." Forgotten Acts of Individual Jewish Resistance in Nazi Germany and the date is the 9th of March it is at 8pm and numbers are limited RSVP is essential and you can just pop onto the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide uh, webpage to book or you can phone 011 640 3100 I think it's an absolutely fascinating topic uh, Dr. Gruner thank you so much for joining me
0: Yeah, Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to uh, present my findings. Thank you very much.
1: That was Professor Gruner, who holds the Sheffield-Girin Chair in Jewish Studies and is Professor of History at the University of Southern California, Los Angeles.